I have a lot of free time on my hands now because I'm not at work. So, oh yeah, one week left. <laughs> where do you work, or where did you work? I work at In and Out. Oh nice. Yeah, I'm the assistant manager. What a great company that is. Man. It is. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a stellar podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool for a glass of tasty beer and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in polite company. My name is Jose. I'm Joel. And this week we are joined by... Me, Jesse. Me, Jesse. My little brother, Mm -hmm. 12 years. And both of our former students. That's right, at El Camino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day. And Jesse, you're a father now. I am, yeah. Five weeks in. That's crazy. It's a tiring five weeks. But <laughs> <laughs> We're getting sleep? Yeah, pretty well. Uh, my wife and I split shifts pretty much like on who's going to take care of the kid. So she gets the early one. He's usually up between two and three. And then I get the late one. That's between five and six. Mm. So he's only up two times a night, and I only have to deal with it once. So. You know what's weird wow. is... I envy you. I really do. I envy both of you because I because that time of your life is so intense mm-hmm. and I envy the intensity of it and the pure love that you're always like getting, nuzzling and stuff. It's mm-hmm. nutty. It's crazy. I was telling Alyssa, I was like, I don't know how you have another kid after this. Like, how do you love someone yes. as much as you love this first child? Yes. Like, yes. Right. So if my second kid hears this, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or have the energy. Oh my gosh! That's but what I'm experiencing. You guys do know that your kid entertains the heck out of the first one, or the second uh-huh. one. Your first kid will entertain the he- and help. Uh-huh. So that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I live with Lizzie, and she has Albie and Brooke, and yeah, entertain would be a, a yeah. nice word to use. Right. <laughs> Torture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's that's awesome. We're glad you're here. Heck yeah, new daddy. Joel, what do we have on tap this week? Well, I found this in the fridge. It was left here <laughs> from Halloween time. It's called Howling Gourds Pumpkin Ale. And it's pumpkin ale. It's, it tastes exactly like cloves and nutmeg. And uh, it's a drink. It has the whole pumpkin theme on it, too. Yeah, it's a real schmaltzy uh, label. Gosh, beers have to just have their own schmaltz, their own gimmicks, they don't do. they? Yeah. We'll, we'll cheer it anyway. Are you good with it, by the way? If you want to throw it out, I'm okay. No, this is I, good. I'm actually loving this. Okay. Jesse, we need to get you a drink. Oh, yeah. Oh, Here. it's fine. I'm right. Well, we'll get yeah. you like a Sierra Mist, Pepsi, and we have... I'll take a Sierra Mist. That'll quench the Would place. you like a glass? No, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah, and would you sir. like to have a series? We have completely... There's some chills. Oh, wow. Jose's opening for me. What a host. Yeet. Yes. Yeet. No, I only like, I've told you this, I only like vanilla with beer, chocolate with beer, and peanut butter with beer. I haven't really found a whole lot of other things that I think taste. Oh, coconut. I like coconut also with beer. Coconut. Yes. We had that last time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I like those four things with beer, but not pumpkin spice, man. I'm not good. <laughs> but you're drinking it right now. I drink anything oh, okay. in beer, but that's just, this shouldn't. It's not doing it for him. Nope. That's <laughs> it's like the Starbucks. Yeah, the Starbucks beer form. But yeah. Sorry, let's move on. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. All three of us. Yeah, all three. With the can. Oh, yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. Here we go.
that 21st century. Doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Screams from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have. And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Jose and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for two minutes, though we tend to be a bit loquacious, so that is not a strict limit by any means. This week, I will discuss... I've been trying to discuss psychological studies, but this week I'm getting away from that because I seriously couldn't find anything good. And I'm just going to talk about... This last weekend, my son, my middle son, came with all of his UCLA ultimate team to have to sleep overnight because there's an ultimate tournament in Cal Poly. And by the way, Cal Poly's ultimate team is either like national champion runner-ups or like quarterfinalists from last year. And But anyway, we had them all here and we went to a game at Cal Poly and it is a funky, interesting culture. It's like... They're, I don't want to say they're nerdy, but it's, they're nerdy. They're nerdy, and it's beautiful. They're they're super great athletes, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting sport. And they got a serious culture. For, I'll, I'll just bring up this because otherwise I'll go on forever. They call their own fouls on each other, and they're so polite, and they're so anti. I don't want to say anti-competitive, but they uh, they'll all agree somehow. And it, I wish basically this is. My theme for this. I want society to be like ultimate Frisbee players. They find a way, even though they're desperate to win, and they go all out to agree when they call fouls on each other. And it's just, it's really cool. And it's such a fun sport. I wish that it was on like ESPN a ton. They'll show the national championship once a year on ESPN, but... It'll be like super late at night on ESPN four or three, <laughs> right. and, and that's it. But anyway, uh, really interesting sport. And uh, my son's playing uh, for the B team at UCLA, and it was fun having them. They were so nice and so polite, and it's really fun to watch them play. Ultimate frisbee, cool game. Yeah. I actually went frolfing, frisbee golf. Yes, one time with our buddy Andy, yeah. who was on this show. He yeah. was on the episode where we discussed co- uh, comedy. Yeah. And uh, he brought a bag with different sized oh, yeah. frisbees. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a crazy. Serious deal. You need the right frisbee for the right you know, distance. Wait, and have you not been down a YouTube rabbit hole watching those guys oh, play? No. no I oh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> do that. Those guys will, from 100 yards away, split a tree, two trees that are like 20 yards apart, 20 feet apart. Anyway, I, I didn't Those rabbit holes no, are crazy. dangerous because you'll watch it like it'll – be about frolfing, and then it turns into 9-11 conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. And it's about how a frolfing team probably did it. Exactly. <laughs> we have a great course at Waller Park. We do. And that's where you went, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, they actually have, like, these little concrete... Yeah. I don't know, like... Tea boxes. Yeah. Boxes. Did you stand on to kind of... Flip yeah. It, so you're not standing, like, in a gopher hole. Heck, yeah. Those guys are serious. What do you got today? That's cool. So I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, speaking of rabbit holes, on this one. But... And I think you'll be interested in this one because of you your... What the heck? Yeah, of your unique situation as a pastor's son. But I wanted to discuss celibacy and the Amazon. What the heck does celibacy have to do with the Amazon? That's or is it Amazon the company? No. <laughs> they don't have time. They're too busy packaging everything. They're dying, yeah. So as you know, um, in the Catholic Church since you know the 10th, 11th century, um, priests have been compelled to be celibate. Obviously, that wasn't a practice in the early church, and that wasn't a practice like in the first few centuries, but it became like a practice, it became a doctrine. Yeah. But 
in the last year, there was what's called a synod. Now, it's different for Lutherans, because you guys, when you say synod, you mean like region, right? Yeah. No, we need, we mean different, almost sects. Okay. S-E-C-T-S, yes, yeah. sects. Not sects. Um, a different synod would have a totally different set of rules. Okay. Then, yeah. So, like the Missouri Synod or whatever. Right. Totally different than the AELCA, for instance, okay. or the Wisconsin Synod, yeah. So, when we say synod, we mean like a meeting. Ah, like that's right. We, we talked about that one. Yes, that's interesting. And so, we had a gathering of bishops in Rome about the Amazon. So, the situation in the Amazon is we have Catholics in the Amazon who, because they're so remote in the jungle, they'll only see a priest like once or twice a year, which means they're not getting the sacraments like confession, Eucharist, etc., right? Could they go to hell for not getting the sacraments? No, because that would not be their fault. Fault, Okay, basically. good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm always interested in yes. hell. You know me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not That's all there. I care about, it you know, not, the afterlife. Yeah, it would not be their fault. Those people <laughs> are probably confessing more often than they anyone never. else. <laughs> they go to confession once a year. That's more than most people. It's like an hour-long confession. That's yeah. so true. But, um, so, they do have a lot of leaders, elders. They'll have um, deacons, but these people are married. And so the issue that they discussed at the, at the synod was, how do we encourage um, either vocations for the priesthood, or maybe we allow these elders or deacons who are married to become priests? Now, you know my... That's why I said... Because... Yeah. And is this coming down from this awesome pope, or, so this or, or is it not? From Pope Francis. Love the dude. And there we go again. Now, I, I know that you were pretty okay with celibacy, so what do you think I about actually, this? Okay, so this is where we've got to split hairs, because the rad trads, the super conservative Catholics, are, are themselves. Up in arms. Hell yes. yeah, they are. Because they kind of see where he's going to be going. He's going to end up saying something along the lines of deacons or elders who have been proven to be faithful, who are also married, can be priests. Yeah. So they're themselves, basically. Right. Slippery slope. <clears throat> That's what they're arguing. It's a slippery slope. I would point out to these people that the Pope before Pope Francis, Pope Benedict, opened that door already by allowing um, Protestant pastors, I believe Lutherans and Anglicans, who convert to Catholicism and are married, that they could also continue as priests being married with their families. Interesting. So that already exists. So we already have married I priests. I didn't know that. That already exists. I knew you had a married priests because if I'm not mistaken, when we went to Yosemite to camp with our Catholic friends, mm -hmm. uh, we went to a mass and the priest there was married. So he might have been and a it, former Lutheran or Anglican he, he who must converted. Have been. And it blew all of us away, but the Catholics who were with us knew about it. Yeah, so and, a lot of Catholics don't know that. Yeah. And so they're themselves because they're like slippery slope yeah so pope francis will probably say this is a very narrow thing yeah. for the amazon not intended to be worldwide oh but i want that slope to be mm. super i know slippery. and i don't but <laughs> i know you don't but i want them to slip right down that slope and so you're go, feeding yeah. you're feeding the wanna, track I'll, I'll conspiracy I'll, then yeah i'm gonna pour a bunch of that's funny dawn soap on that uh, slip and slide so that's my fred talk Pope Francis, probably mid-February, is going to release, um, I believe it. it'll... <laughs> <a mixed laughs> it. Psalms are sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there is a chance... Did we say... Did we talk about What's this that? once? I if this is all talked about already, please get rid of it. Mm -hmm. That there's going to be a schism. Well, we have talked about this, but I will say that... And that would be another... They're just waiting for Pope Francis to die. Okay, so, so I don't there's know that, not. Okay. I don't think there will be a schism. I okay. think they're just waiting for him to die. Because this is another reason to, to break apart. Yeah, I don't yeah. see one coming. Instead, I see the rat trads just waiting for Pope Francis to die and yeah. hope for 
a more, I guess, um, favorable pope, but uh, I don't know. I'm really interested that the super conservative popes are really likely to come from, from third world continents, yeah. especially Africa. Africa. Especially Africa, but yes. South America to a lesser extent. But, yeah. of course, that's where this pope came from. Argentina. But, like, Europe and, and North America, no way. Yeah. They're, They're more progressive. Yeah. Progressive, yeah. I wonder what Asian popes, I mean, uh, bishops are They're like. kind of more... Center of the road? Or? So, like, there's Cardinal Tego. I believe he's from the Philippines. He's mm-hmm. being talked about as being the next pope, potentially. Huge Catholic. And yeah. he's more in the Pope Francis mold. Nice. So it's kind of interesting, yeah. Anyway, that's my Fred talk, kind of a tangent there a little bit. but okay. <laughs> I, I love this topic, Jose, and I want to just ask you, would you be heartbroken if priests ended up all being able to marry? Would um, you be heartbroken? How could you? Heartbroken? Yeah. I would not be heartbroken. Well, I just don't know that would be a good idea. Why? Because I, I don't feel like. I understand it. So for, from my perspective and for like most, for the last like thousand years, I would say as well, the church's perspective is that. When you're a priest, you marry, you the, church. marry the church. Yes, I don't. Get, I don't understand what it means to marry a church. Yeah. So like you, marry, you devote like, yourself to the completely. church completely, completely right. Yeah. So I don't like, know that marrying a woman gets in the way with that. In fact, I would argue completely mm-hmm. that it actually helps you to devote and yourself. Some people would say that, yeah, yeah. But your I think, wife and the church could become sister wives. <laughs> <laughs> and you have multiple wives. Like Mormons, yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. what is that called? Uh, pol- not polygamy, but yeah, yeah it's it polygamy. polygamy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, polyamory. Polyamory—that's yeah. the word I was looking for. But if it happened, it would not be a huge shock because, like I said, for the first thousand years. Priests right. were able to marry. Right. It's only and been the last thousand years where they haven't. The more Catholics inform themselves, I think the more they'd be okay with it because then the the more conservative you are, the more interested in tradition you are. Well, you would think and so. You'd think so, but they don't, but they know. don't know their history. Exactly. That's so the point. If yeah. you look at the uh, this is a huge tangent, I'm sorry everyone. No, I love it. I love it. When you look at the Bible, one of the um moments there is that I believe Jesus heals Peter's mother in law. Much to his chagrin, I'm sure. And so, <laughs> right there is proof that, like, Wait, I didn't get that joke. <laughs> Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, which means he has a wife. He heals his oh, wife's mother. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Oh, yeah. So he has okay. a wife. Duh. So okay. it's not like... Yeah, it's so that's a, the first pope. Yes. Yeah, so, so we, that's a huge precedent. So it's not... So celibacy is not a dogma. Just right. so people are aware, it's not a dogma. It's a doctrine. Yeah. Not all... Well, let me say this. All dogmas are doctrine. Not all doctrines are dogma. Oh man, that's interesting. Wow. That's a whole other yeah, rabbit hole. This is what I, I'm saying. We're I thought that that one was like almost like you couldn't break it. I thought that's interesting. I thought that's um, okay. Maybe that could be a future Fred talk. Then. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that topic as a pastor's kid, of course. Well, that's why I figured you'd like this one. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Nice. Oh, you all just got signed. It was a Sunday. I know that. It was a Sunday. I feel like it was the 27th. Am I wrong? I think it's the 26th. Because it was like, 20, someone's like, so Kobe, Kobe's number is 24 and his daughter was number two. So if you add those together, it's 26 and he died on the 26th. <sighs> like, that's wow. dumb. No, have you seen all the like, I don't know if it's just happenstance, but all the numerical things that are coming out, like the other night when the Lakers played the, uh, the Kings, uh-huh. the Lakers scored 81 points in the first half of the game. 
each half. There's two halves. Well, let's start, right. and then we can have this. No, no, no. <laughs> let's, let's continue on with that. I, I like sure? that. Yeah. This is our get, intro. We're yeah. diving in. Yeah, <laughs> let's dive in. Because <laughs> uh, I like this. They score 81 points in the first half. Uh-huh. The first half has two quarters. Yeah. Okay? That are 12 minutes long. Yeah. You add those together, 24. So, 2, 24, 81. It's, yeah, and then it's all there. When, okay, uh, LeBron comes out afterwards dedicating his whole season yeah. to winning the championship. Their first game back, of course, they canceled the first game against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And then they played Portland Trailblazers. And the Trailblazers win. Yeah. I think it was in Portland, but it might have been in, in L.A. It was in L.A., that's right. And, of course, my favorite player is not a Laker, even though I'm a Laker nut is Damon Lillard because I my parents' good friend who I've met played in the city streets of Oakland with Damon Lillard and he ends up beating the Lakers by I want to say it was eight points and so they kept on saying an eight point loss mm-hmm. right and of course Kobe's uh, jersey number was eight, eight. and. There's all these theories that, do they do this stuff on purpose? Because that was a little wacky. Well, and then another, um, this is a stat-picking stat that leagues love to do, but Damian Lillard dropped 49 points with 10 assists, yeah. becoming the first player to do that in the Staples Center since Kobe Bryant did it last uh, yeah. in the Staples Center. Yeah. The Staples Center is the house that Kobe built. Yeah. I know that much. <laughs> well... Just that also Damian Lillard is thought of to be sort of like the closest to Kobe too. And to do that to the Lakers was, yeah, it's just, but you get to this point where you think, oh, you can come up with a number theory for yeah. absolutely everything yeah. that there is. What's that Jim Carrey movie? It's like the number 23 or something 23 like that. 23 or 29. Yeah, and he like yeah. sees the number everywhere and he goes crazy because he thinks that number's out to get him. Which is funny because Jim Carrey's... The Titanic sank on the morning of April 15th, 1912. That's 4151912, 23. The Hiroshima bomb was dropped at 815. 8 plus 15 is 23. Go ahead. Tell yourself it's just a number. Well, like, even the Jewish religion has this sort of subculture called Kabbalah. Yeah. And they're all into, like, you know, making all this sense out of numbers and it just, you can go yeah. too nuts out of it. But some of the stuff just makes you think. Let's get back. Yeah. So, so Kobe. Kobe. The we, 26th, was it then? January 26th. Sunday. Yeah. Dies in a helicopter crash in Calabasas. Yeah. And we have to name everybody because one problem is we always, in culture, celebrate the one guy who dies in the crash and forget about everybody else. So do you have those names? Let's just read them. Yeah, so there's... Alyssa Altabelli, her parents, John and Carrie Altabelli, Peyton Chester, her mother, Sarah Chester, Christina Mauser, Ara Zabayan, Gigi Bryant, and her father, Kobe Bryant. Um, there was an Orange Coast College baseball coach named John Altabelli. His wife Carrie. His he daughter, was Alyssa. Dominating. He was a great coach. I read about him. Yeah, and twenty he, plus years at that school. Yes, yes. And can I just add too that a coworker of ours, I can't remember, went to or is going to the funeral for um, John because he was a baseball player on his team. And actually, a week before the helicopter crash, this um, John Altabelli accidentally texted our our coworker, and they had a conversation. A phone call conversation, and the guy's like, "I'm gonna be playing up your guys's way soon, and when I come up, 
we'll um, have dinner and hang out. Sweet. So he's been crushed. Mm. Yeah. But not at all by Kobe. And that's the, the point is that there are thousands of other people besides the Kobe fans who are being affected by this. Yeah. And then, of course, there's also Gianna, Gigi. That's Kobe's daughter. You she have was to 13. get people around you to make sure you didn't commit suicide, or yeah. or just make sure you're on right. suicide watch. So because for sure, I'm a super avid user of Twitter, and Vanessa Bryant, Kobe's uh, widowed wife, yeah. she um, had to come out and say, "I'm alive. No, I did not kill myself. Please do not spread these type of rumors out. Yeah. I have so yeah. much to live for with my other daughters to keep them going." And I was like, "That's horrible. That's yeah. People are going to try to come up with a narrative to get click." Get clicks. Yeah. yeah. Get money. Yep. So Gianna, Kobe's daughter, um, also known as Gigi, she's 13. Kobe and Gianna naturally gravitated towards each other. She was an incredible athlete. She was great at gymnastics, soccer, softball, dance, and basketball. Gigi was confident, but not in an arrogant way. She loved helping and teaching other people things. There was um, a mother and daughter on the helicopter as well, Sarah and Peyton Chester, the uh, basketball coach at Mamba Academy named Christina Mauser, and of course the pilot, Ara Zobayan. Um, so yeah, nine people, including um, Kobe and his daughter, were killed in the crash. Yeah, that just blew my mind. So that day, um, I was watching something. I, I forget what it, was, what it was on TV I was watching. But then I'm going through Facebook, and I see Jesse posted something about Kobe Bryant dying. And I remember I commented, like, this can't be true. And then I, as soon as I posted this can't be true, I was like, I need to fact check this. So I go to Google and fact check, and sure enough, Kobe obviously was killed in this plane, this helicopter crash. Well, how did you find out? I was just up in the morning, and I was on Twitter, and this um, person that I follow, his name's Nate Shot. He's a huge, like, esports um, competitive gaming owner. And he had just retweeted... Because it said, Kobe's dead. He retweeted and said, no, this can't be true. And I was like, come on. People come up with things about Jackie Chan, Will Smith, right. you know, whoever the celebrity is or the month of who's passed away. And I said, this can't be real. So I fact-checked. Yeah. And the only thing that I can find is a TMZ article. And I go, well, well, it's TMZ. I don't know how trustworthy this is. So then I start looking up. I go on Reddit. So I go to the Lakers subreddit. And people are saying, well, TMZ is not that trustworthy, but they are pretty good at breaking celebrity deaths. Yeah. Like, that's one thing that they are really good at. Mm-hmm. So everyone's holding on to hope that it's not true. Everyone's – me, personally, I'm on Kobe's Twitter refreshing it, waiting uh, for him to come out and say, yeah. like, hey, this is not true, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then CNN broke it. Yeah. And they said that there's been a helicopter crash, Kobe Bryant's on board, more details to come along. And I was, I was in shock. Yeah, when you yeah. talk about, like – you can ask your parents and your grandparents, hey, where were you the day that Kennedy mm-hmm. was assassinated? Mm-hmm. You can look back at this day and our kids are going to be like, hey, where were you when Kobe Bryant died? And I can remember exactly where I was, what I was doing, everything. It is yep. It's tragic. Yeah. Crazy. What about you, Joel? I was, like you guys, I was watching TV and I was on my computer and my son runs in. And I had been going back and forth between YouTubes and Twitters on my computer while watching TV and I it probably would have caught this if I was on Twitter, but my son runs in. He says, Dad, go on to Twitter right now, my youngest son. And I saw it, and 
Then my son comes in and he's got my other son. We all grew up just like you guys probably just watching the Lakers and being floored by everything he did. I mean, it was always, Kobe, what the hell? What? Oh, great shot, Kobe. You know, <laughs> it was always that. He, and he was a ball hog. The guys were complaining. I said, Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no I in team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an ME in that. And, and as an old curmudgeon, my sons were always pissed at me because I was always putting them down. And wow. I was like, he's a ball hog. He's not like Magic was such a team guy because I grew up with sure. Magic and, and a facilitator. Those, yeah, a facilitator. And Kobe was not as much. But man, and then I just, I just went, I just yeah. puddled. I just puddled. And my yeah. sons puddled. And I called my other sons. And we all just, oh, I can't believe I cried. And it was immediate. Yeah. It was weird. I was crying all day. Yeah. I, I started crying like once I realized like it's real. And then it was like really crying once I realized his daughter had also, once it was confirmed his daughter also died. Oh. And it's like we were saying earlier, like once you have kids, it's different. Yeah. And I have a daughter. And that just like totally struck me oh, differently. Yeah. It made it like, 10 times worse that his daughter was on there with him. Now he's got me. I'll have to look at another crime meme for the next. I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. <laughs> that is what Kobe Bryant does to me. Yeah, It's that, just dread. Brutal. That's the only way I can say it was just this. Dread. My whole feed on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram was all Kobe the next three days. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been alive yeah. where celebrities have passed, athletes have passed, and you know, you get the occasional fan where they're like, oh, rest in peace, this guy was a huge inspiration. Yeah. The other person who hates on it, and then the other 80% of people who don't care yeah. that that person's passed. Everyone cared that Kobe passed. People that I didn't even realize were sports fans. Who even came out and said, I don't like Kobe, I'm not a Kobe fan, I'm not a Lakers fan, I'm not even a basketball fan. That's me. But this is tragic that this happened to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had a conversation about who has whose death has affected us like that as much as that. And the only one I can think of in my life was just a couple years ago when Anthony Bourdain yeah. committed suicide. And But that wasn't even close. And I real, really feel his lost because he was still filming but uh kobe's i know he's in the news every once in a while but not for a whole lot right it's just all the fun we had watching him yeah you know yeah and you know what to me it was um okay i don't watch basketball don't care about sports sports ball is not entertaining to me at all but he so just impacted the culture that even i like ignorant of sports i guess was aware of him and like how important he was to the sport and to the culture in general, throwing, you know, trash away and going Kobe. Right. Yeah. And literally like a couple days before the crash, um, my wife and I went to go see a financial planner and the lady threw her water bottle into the trash. And when she threw it, I went Kobe and I've, and I've thrown trash away going Kobe recently. Yeah. And every time I, I go, I'm like, Oh man, that's, that seems so silly, I guess. But at the same time, that, that's how much of an impact he had. Well, the, the thing for him that I think the reason why it impacts people the way it does is because it's Kobe. He yeah. was this picture of health. He was only 41 years old. Yeah. Right? He was still going to Lakers games. He was, you know, shaking hands with all the Lakers players. Mm-hmm. He was still very in that world. He was 
the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and there's a video of him just celebrating the Eagles win. He was us. Yeah. He was. He retired. He won an Oscar while he was retired. I know. Like, he was really, you know, living his best life. Kobe was known as a fierce competitor on the basketball court. The greatest of all time, a writer, an Oscar winner, and the Black Mamba. Yeah. And yeah. he was taking his daughter and her teammates and their coaches to basketball to go practice and it just like that in the snap of a finger it's over it's done it's me growing up kobe was drafted in 97 98 it was only he was 18 years old that i know that for sure i can't remember what year it was but i started going to school at the beginning of the 2000s so kobe was that player Mm -hmm. everyone had a number eight jersey Yep. Then he had his scandal, and it became the number 24 jersey. Mm-hmm. And seamlessly, everyone was able to transfer to number 24 jerseys. Yeah. He was playing all the way to when I got my first full-time job, mm-hmm. when I was really starting my own life, moving out. That was Kobe. Yep. He was the new Michael Jordan. For all the people who didn't grow up with Michael Jordan like we did. I did, yeah. A little bit you did, but I totally did. And, and even before Michael Jordan Magic and, and the whole Showtime Lakers. Yeah. But he was the new Michael Jordan. I promise you, from this day forward, I will live with the memories of knowing that I had a little brother that I tried to help in every way I could. Please, rest in peace, little brother. And he was just as electrifying, yeah. if not more, because... He more than any other. Now, I want to quickly go over some stats because I, I want to get to this in this podcast. I want to get to why Kobe. Because if you look at his stats, okay, this is uh, per 24 minutes, I believe. Uh, Kobe, 24 points. Magic, 19 points. LeBron, 25 points. Jordan, 28 points. Okay, he was always great at scoring. But when you go to percentage, shooting percentage, he was way down. 44% versus 52, 50, 49 you go to assists, way down compared to those guys. You know, he was not a, the greatest passer. 4.7 versus 11 for Magic, of course. 7 for LeBron. Jordan's got not 5. And then <clears throat> rebounds. He was below those guys in rebounds, too. I don't want to, you know, get bogged down in stats. But it's not – it can't be his stats and his playing. It was something beyond that. It was his willingness to do the tough work of taking the hardest shot yeah. At the time when his team needed it, he was never afraid of taking that. And then something was super magnetic about him. That's what he it was. must have been. And I'm trying to get to that. Yeah, there was just a charisma, like an, a super a je ne sais quoi. Yes. Yeah. About that. I have this stat that I love about Kobe, and I always bring it up to people, is that as number eight, mm-hmm. he played 707 games, scored just a little under 17,000 points, eight all-star appearances, one scoring championship, he won three NBA titles. Okay, that's a Hall of Fame career as eight. in its own as number eight. Or he actually won five NBA ch- uh, titles. Well, as number as eight. eight. Okay, okay. okay. This is at, at so eight. then you switch to number twenty-four. He plays six hundred and thirty-nine games, just a little under seventeen thousand points, ten All-Star appearances, another scoring championship, and two more championships. So each Oscar. one of those numbers would be Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Each side, that's consistency throughout yeah, your career. Yeah. When you think about, you know, like we were just talking about Sassy, we want to throw people under the bus. Jordan came out of retirement twice. Yeah. And he did not have, you know, an illustrious career when he came back and when he played with the Magic. But he did 
have a baseball career, which was also not that great. <laughs> um, and, you know, Kobe played on some, for lack of better words, shitty Laker yeah, teams. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, he put his head down, and that's when you became even more of a ball hall because he's, yeah, like, he's the number one, yeah. two, and three scoring option. On okay, the do you want to hear one. a joke real quick? Yeah. What's the difference between Kobe and time? What? Time passes. <laughs> ah, perfect. And now Kobe has passed. Oh, he's finally he passed. He has passed, yes. Okay, well, here's a stat. I, you may have brought it up, but mm-hmm. as an old curmudgeon who couldn't stand, and I coached my kids throughout basketball. I coached uh-huh. so many basketball teams with them in youth basketball. I can't even count. But as an old curmudgeon, here's what my sons never yelled at me when they were arguing for Kobe, and I was saying, he never passes. That mofo. I think he made nine all NBA defensive teams. And you know what? You cannot put anybody down who makes that many defensive teams because that's all hard work. That's all. And that was beautiful about Mm -hmm. Kobe. He was so hardworking. Nobody went to the gym as early as he did. Nobody uh, tried as hard. And that's the other thing. That we're, when we're trying to get, well, why Kobe? Why what this incredible outpouring? Mm-hmm. It's he just wanted it more than everybody else. He strove for excellence. Yes, he wanted yeah. to be mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. You hear about stories of people in the military. You know, when I led my troops, I was the first one on the battlefield, and I was the last one off the battlefield. And you relate that to sports. Yeah, that was Kobe. Yeah. he was the first one in the gym. He was the last one out of the gym. Yep, he was not going to let anyone outwork him. That was the Mamba mentality mm-hmm. in its essence. 81 yeah. points in one of his games. 61 points in his last game. They showed that game recently after he died. Uh-huh. And I watched the last two quarters, and it was fun. And he did. He shot everything. He, it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But the sh- crazy shots he was making. And they, by the way, a lot of people are probably thought, oh, his last game. I think it was Utah. Utah let, it, yeah. let him up. No, they were on him. And double teaming in, and he still scored. What a lot of people forget about that last game that he played is that the Lakers were losing. Yeah. In the last yeah. two, four yes. minutes, they were down. Yes. And and then Kobe, he brought him back himself. Yes. Wow. And it's insane that he was able to. People think, like, oh, he scored 61 points. They must have been leading the whole game. It was an easy game for Kobe, yada, yada, yada. No, they had a fight for that win. There was no totally, easy last win totally. for Kobe. You know, I grew up with people who were Laker just nuts, just like me. And they didn't like Kobe because they started thinking the NBA, and there's a huge subculture of people who think that NBA players are just thugs. It, it's changed a little bit. Uh-huh. But back, especially in the um, early 2000s and the 90s, because of certain NBA characters and the way they talked. and the Metal total, world peace. Exactly. <laughs> and going up into the stands and beating on, on fans who were ass. That was a total different person. That was Ron Artest. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he changed. Another guy who changed. And he really did change. He's a great guy and now. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. yeah, totally. All those guys. And He's not in North Korea. Mason Mickey Peace in North Korea. Yeah. yeah. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, Kobe, he was thought of as a thug after his – and we talked about whether we should bring up the rape thing. You can't talk about Kobe without and bringing, not bringing it up. So what happened was – they settled hmm. out of court. Because the woman didn't feel comfortable testifying. Right. So they settled. Right. Kobe did say that I I don't want to put words in it. Going to find the quote? Yeah, because it's important. And it does admit some fault. He didn't basically um, understand that she wasn't as willing, I mm-hmm. guess, as her. So the, the statement Kobe Bryant made after the settlement, and I don't think the amount was disclosed. 
But part of the agreement was that he would make a statement, and here it was. Yeah. First, I want to apologize directly to the young woman involved in this incident. I want to apologize to her for my behavior that night and for the consequences she has suffered in the past year. Although this year has been incredibly difficult for me personally, I can only imagine the pain she has had to endure. I also want to apologize to her parents and family members and to my family and friends and supporters and to the citizens of Eagle, Colorado. I also want to make it clear that I do not question the motives of this young woman. She has agreed that this statement will not be used against me in the civil case. Although I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident the same way. Which is weird because it's like he says one thing and he says then the exact opposite. I truly believe on one point, but then... Anyway, keep on going. I'm sorry. After months of reviewing Discovery, listening to her attorney, and even her testimony in person, I now understand how she feels that she did not consent to this encounter. I issue this statement today fully aware that while one part this case ends today, another remains. I understand that the civil case against me will go forward, and that must be where he ended up paying an amount. Um, that part of the case will be decided by and between the parties directly involved in the incident and will no longer be a financial or emotional drain on the citizens of the state of Colorado. He basically, and okay, let me just say this. In the hashtag MeToo movement, his career would be dead. He would have been dead, and then all of this good that he's done, and nobody discounts all the good that he's done, especially for his own daughters, would have been completely mm-hmm. obliterated. Yeah, for That's sure. That's what happens in, to the cancel culture, because of the cancel culture, yeah. I totally agree. I, I'm not a fan of the cancel culture, and I think for me, again, as a Christian, I just can't get on board with cancel culture because it because doesn't allow for forgiveness, redemption at right. all. Cancel is the exact opposite of forgiveness. Exactly. Um, and uh, like you said, there's so much philanthropic, humanitarian work that he's done. He's done so much work with schools, with these basketball groups and whatnot, that yep. all would have just been gone. Yep. Have yeah. you heard the Dave Chappelle stand-up bit when he talks about Kobe? No. No, you can interject it right I'll interject here. it here. If I could talk to Kobe, I'd be like, just relax, you'll be fine, man. Because the public is still giving Kobe the benefit of the doubt. He's one of the few black celebrities that get that. Not because he's a celebrity. More because, you know, the girl showed up with eight different Siemens to the investigation. You can't do that. That's seven too many. That's a lot of semen, man. She's a collector. She got every unsolved mystery. The answer might be in this girl's pain. That's the first place I look. OJ's other gloves in there. Bigfoot's footprint. Three CSI reruns. <laughs> We got the most diabolical draws ever. Yeah. Ouch! I, I mean, but and that's comedy, people. So don't comedy. freak out. But <laughs> I mean, really, mm-hmm. uh, I remember that now, and I couldn't remember that. I was trying to pull that out of my brain. I thought, poor Kobe. He also happened to pick the wrong gal. He yeah. was married at the time. He was to Vanessa. Yeah. Now the crazy so, thing that we talked about, right, is yeah. like cancel culture. Um, that's huge on Twitter. That's where it the is. cancel culture began. That's where it continues to thrive. Um, 
Ted Cruz liked a bunch of hardcore pornography on his Twitter account. And he's like, that wasn't me. That was Donald Trump. So people showed up to his rallies with his likes, like, on sign. That's funny. And he would kick them out because he didn't want that stuff there. That's so funny. That's why I don't like the pornographic stuff on Twitter. Jesse, you are coming up with some really good, interesting stuff. I cannot wait to go back to that. (laughs) I'm so bummed I haven't seen that yet. Um. There is no slander allowed about Kobe right now on Twitter. If you bring up the rape allegations, uh, rightfully so, because if you want to go with the judicial standards, the what is it? The statute of limitations has passed. Yeah, you he couldn't get in trouble for it, even if they had every bit of information for that now. Um, but people are coming out and saying, "Hey, you had X amount of years to bring it up and have a problem with Kobe. Mm-hmm. Why is it now that he's passed? You want to bring up these memories for his family then?" And I, I agree with it to an extent. It's like, you know what? You're right. Just because someone's passed, you shouldn't start slandering their name. Right. Yeah, it, it opens it up because he's passed and he's so in the public that yeah. now's the time for the people who hate, who've always hated him to – and, you know, he deserves some criticism. He definitely cheated on his wife. That was awful. But she got an enormous diamond ring. That's exactly right. <clears throat> and she got four beautiful daughters out of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I, I also want to mention this. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this low, low, low point in Kobe's life actually encouraged him to return to going back to church. So he was a Catholic, and so he would meet with priests, and he um, rededicated himself to his faith. Um, he was seen at Mass all the time, almost daily Mass. And in fact, the morning of the helicopter crash, he was seen at um Mass receiving the Eucharist. What a thug, right? What a thug, exactly. Yeah, so this was a way for him to go to, uh, like, rekindle his faith and kind of re... Yeah. To find redemption, to find forgiveness, and to move on. Okay, also we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. If Shaq can forgive him, which he completely did, he recently said, I will absolutely pay for everything yeah. that family needs, and Shaq can do it, Yeah. Uh, then we definitely need to. Those guys had a serious beef... Shaq's son um, had come out and said that morning, Kobe had just messaged him on Instagram and said they should meet up soon and they, they could plan something. And, you know, they just never, those plans never came to fruition because hours later, Kobe passed. Yeah. And from all uh, reports, he had done that to people that he was just lightly acquainted with. He would reach out and was such an inspiration to tons of people. Mm-hmm. Um, in this great later uh, uh, stage of his life, we find out it's later, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. He worked harder. He was more intense. He was a defensive master. He practiced harder. He never took – today's NBA pl- uh, players take off at least one out of every 10, 15 games for health. Load Co- management. Oh, Load yeah. management. Would Kobe ever do that? I don't There's think no so. Way. Kobe tore his Achilles yeah. and came back out to shoot two free throws before he left the game. Are you right. serious? Right. Their players, I mean, it happened to LeBron too. They get a cramp and they have to be carried off the court. He yeah. tore his Achilles yeah. and said, I'm going to go shoot two more shots real quick yep. before I get wow. out of here. And yep. he made both of them. Yep. <laughs> and he, th- he, he had to come back in and shoot those just to make sure that if he could do it, He'd be allowed to, by rules, to come back. As if somebody else took those shots for him, he wouldn't be ba- allowed back in the game. Yeah. There was no chance he's oh, coming wow. back to the game, but he wanted to be sure. And, of course, we would also be remiss if we didn't talk about the international uh, growth of NBA w- was a huge 
part because of Kobe. Yeah. Huge part. He is still, the, if I'm not mistaken, uh, besides Yao Ming, the mm-hmm. number one NBA guy in China. He has the number one selling jersey in China. Yep. That was the stat that came out, that he's always had the number one selling jersey in China. Yep. And, of course, we can talk all about We did in one episode about how we have kowtowed to China's horrible policies, um, especially with that NBA fiasco with the Houston Rockets. But that has nothing to do with Kobe. It's really interesting now, um, looking at kind of his legacy, just, you know, all the outpouring of support from the fans, from fellow celebrities. I mean, he got... A tribute at the Grammys. He got a tribute recently at the Super Bowl. I mean, it's a collective outpouring of support yeah. from everyone from every walk of life. It's crazy. And um, he will definitely go down, even though maybe, yeah, his stats don't line up to Jordan or LeBron or whoever. But it, I almost wonder if he will have a more long-lasting impact than the rest of them. Because what's the percentage of NBA players who wear his shoes? It was like some crazy stat, like the shoes that he... Yeah. Well, I mean, most players nowadays wear their own shoes. Like Damian Lillard would wear his own shoes. Uh, Kobe would wear LeBron's and stuff like that. Or I'm sorry, LeBron would wear LeBron's. Um, but as of recent, yeah, that number is Huge. a lot higher. I think yeah. a lot of brands, because Damian Lillard is signed with um, Adidas, mm-hmm. so, and Kobe's shoes are Nike brand. A lot of the times, they will not let you yep. cross that. They will not let you wear another brand shoes right but since the passing you've seen a lot more kobe's out there and mm-hmm. yeah. coaches have been wearing his shoes out there i went to the camarillo outlets was it yesterday on my way home and there was a guy there and that guy's a piece of <laughs> because he went in there and bought at least five pairs of kobe shoes the same style all different sizes because he is using this death tax to make a profit off of the course, yeah. Wow. I've, yeah. I'm a Lakers fan, and I've wanted a Kobe jersey, so I always go on eBay looking for legit Kobe jerseys. And at the time, they were going for 200 bucks. And at the time, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do $200 for a jersey. I'll, I'll wait for these prices to go down. Kobe passes. What are they Jerseys now? are like $600. Oh, my People wow. are selling their signed Kobe jerseys for $10,000 starting bid. Wow. Wow. So... Like, if we, like, my big question, why Kobe in all this hullabaloo? Yeah. And, and I think we've answered it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Tried harder. He wanted it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wanted it more. He tried harder. He really He's did. He's an icon. Yeah. For someone like me to be so deeply affected by Kobe's yeah, death. Yeah, I was affected by your being affected, Jose, because I knew <laughs> you weren't a huge sports guy. I'm right. like, holy smokes, this is huge. I mean, I know my wife, um, both of us, we were, we were, you know, in our pajamas all day. Just bawling. And then she's like, don't even look at this picture. It was a picture of Kobe with his daughter. And they were kind of like, you know, forehead to forehead. And I just lost it. I was just bawling. I'm like, oh, my God, why? Because I have a daughter now. And so to me, I just relate so much more, like, on a different level with Kobe. Just through that alone. Just through that relationship. What's the most important job that we have on Earth? Just being a parent. Being a parent. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so who cares about his other job? And yeah. that's what uh, was so inspirational about Kobe. He just mm-hmm. seemed to have loved, just reveled in his new job. He, he would definitely trade his old job for that, mm-hmm. for being a great dad. I think he even said like his daughter was a better basketball player at her age than he was when he was that age. Yep. Yeah, he did. He talked highly of her. 
Do you think your daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does for sure. She does. Like, I, I don't. I mean, this, this kid, man. She's Wouldn't like, that be great, dude, man? I, I'm telling you. The, be, the best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me and she'll be standing next to me and they'll be like, "Hey, you gotta have a boy. You and V gotta have a boy, man. You have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy." She's like, "Oi, I got this. <laughs> you know, for that. I got this. Like that's right." Yes, you do. You got this. Yep. I think the one that made me cry the most was when Jimmy Fallon talked about him and Kobe. Oh, my gosh. That one made me cry a lot. And, of course, uh, Kobe went on to become a legend. Five NBA titles, two Olympic gold medals, 18 all-star appearances, one of the most brilliant and most respected players in NBA history. And when we'd run into each other over the years, we'd laugh about that night that we first met. (laughs) We'd laugh at all the good things that had happened since. And we'd laugh about how much fun it was to raise kids and all the stupid mistakes we made trying to figure out how to be good dads. And Kobe had four daughters, and I had two daughters. And today, he and one of his girls are gone. Uh, oh, for me, it was Doc Rivers, who Kobe and he must have hated each other when they were going at it in those championships, Lakers against Boston. And now, of course, Doc Rivers is coach of, of the uh, Clippers, which is the new rivalry. He just absolutely fell apart in his press conference uh, when they had to play, uh, I think it was that day or later. Uh, they had to play later yeah. that day. Yeah. You know, uh, I just don't have a lot to say. I, uh, the news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he, mean, he means a lot to me, obviously. Um, you know, he was such a great opponent, you know. Um, it's what you want in sports. And, man, I just, I, I lost a lot of water right there. Mm. Well, anything else you want to add to that, or are we just going to wrap it up there? No, I think yeah. that's a good wrapping up point. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a good place to stop with um yeah with kobe just prayers for him and for his family and everybody else and everybody yeah, else died in that one man i don't know if it's possible i mean as basketball players we're really supposed to shut up and dribble but i'm glad i'm glad we did a little bit more than that um thank you academy for this amazing honor thank you john williams for such a wonderful piece of music thank you uh, verizon for believing in the film Thank you, Molly Carter. Without you, we wouldn't be here. And to my wife, Vanessa, our daughters, Natalia, Gianna, and Bianca, te amo con tutto il mio cuore. You are my inspiration. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. All right. So in this part of our show, Joel and I each like to share one thing that we were watching or listening to this week. Joel, what do you got going this week? I have been watching on HBO a show that has not been getting any airplay, any uh uh, discussions online called The Outsiders. Stay gold, pony boy. Stay gold. And, or The Outsider, excuse me. Uh, it's a Stephen King novel uh, put on the screen, and it is amazing. HBO keeps on coming out with amazing shows, and uh, the opening two or three episodes leave you absolutely bewildered and stunned and confused because there's no way that this amazing high school English, I mean, junior high English teacher mm-hmm. could have done it. Oh. And you're like, wait a minute, how could he have done it? And it turns out, well, 
I won't say it because I'm going to start spoiling. <laughs> but you watch the first episode and you think, what the heck is going on here? It's one of those shows. And um, it's just great. I just love it. The Outsider, a Stephen King um, book that's been made into another great series on nice. HBO. What do you got, Jesse? I have been listening to the In Your Own Backyard podcast a lot. Um, I finished it in the span of two or three days. Uh Growing up in the Central Coast, I always knew about Kristen Smart, and I had just assumed that it was a cold case, and that was it, and it was done and dry. And then learning all these new facts and all these different things that are going on and all the people involved, and I had no idea that there was one single person of interest all these years. I, the whole time, I thought it was no one. Yeah. So for me to learn that and to look up the little, you know, I wouldn't say that it's funny, but there are some light moments in there. Like when you look up Paul Flores' dad's house mm-hmm. and his dad's like standing in the driveway looking at the Google car. Oh, yeah. that's right. And I posted then, that on Facebook. Yeah. That made me chuckle because I was like, that guy really is crazy. Yeah. So, I posted it on Facebook. It's a picture of, yeah, Paul Flores' dad, Ruben. He's literally standing in the driveway just mad-dogging the Google car. Yeah. <laughs> so, But that's what I've really been listening to. It's really um, – sparked up my interest in true crime because i've always been a fan of true crime yeah. ever since i was a little kid but even more so now because it's it's in my own backyard yeah. okay so tell everybody the uh new developments in the case really quick because this is cool and this is all because yes. of lambert yeah so they executed three different search warrants in three different locations um one with paul flores one in front of his mom his mom's house and his dad's house but i read something about something in washington that's his sisters i believe that's his sisters okay so they're they're close they're moving forward because they recently found the trucks that was the huge thing when episode seven came out they found both trucks yep um so my own investigative theory is that they had to have found something yeah. DNA does it last that long? It must. It must. Of course it does, because they get DNA off of like ice people buried True. under glaciers. So, yeah. yeah, and so it's absolutely crazy. They had to have found something for a judge to give them search warrants in all these different locations. The FBI is acting on them; they're the ones serving the warrant. So that's that tells you even more. So yeah, yeah. This is going to make for a great freaking movie or whatever oh, Netflix documentary. And I hope. Yeah that they base it on Lambert's work because that guy yes. has been done. He's yeah. done yeoman's work. What even, a great guy. He even got a shout out by Nancy Grace. So Nice. There you go. Wow, the Nancy Grace, huh? Nancy Grace. Um, to wrap up, I watched a movie called Ad Astra, which came out last year. Um, not a lot of fanfare. Um, some people, I think, considered it the poor man's The Martian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was so good. Stars Brad Pitt, who is kind mm. of this very isolated... Um, introverted um, astronaut whose father before him was a very famous heroic astronaut who went off into outer space to find life, right? Well, lo and behold, Brad Pitt's character's father apparently had screwed up the mission, killed the entire um, crew, and was um, somehow damaged the ship to where it was sending out like dangerous, like, radiation which was affecting earth and earth's um like electronics yeah and so it's all about this man's journey to find his father which i thought was so interesting and in doing so finding out that you know no man can be an island so brad pitt's like foregoing marriage foregoing friendships relationships family etc 
because of his search for life in space, just like his father before him. And at the end, he realizes the most important thing is... His dad sucks. His dad sucks, number one, because he does find his dad, and his dad does suck. <laughs> also, space monkeys are horrible. But Oh, that's right. Remember that? The space I monkey. I remember that. That was so epic. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. But that the human connection is more important than anything. So he traveled mm-hmm. all through space to find connection with aliens or whatever, other life. Mm-hmm. But it was in coming home. Or maybe even finding his father and then coming home that he realized, like, the connection he was really seeking was with other people here on Earth. Yeah. So, really good movie. I I really encourage uh, people to watch that. So. Yeah. Ad Astra. Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. What is that movie? Um, is it Ryan Gosling? And he oh, goes yeah. into space? First Man. No, no. I watched that one. That one was really good. I really liked First Man. But it's... He has to go into space and through the space travel... He's aging as a normal man. You know, one day goes by, he's a day older. But on Earth, years are going by. So then he gets a transmission from his, like, family, and they're growing older, and they've gone to the point where they've died now. Is that Ryan Gosling, or are you talking about Matthew McConaughey? All right, all right, all right. Yes, that's there you go. Interstellar. Interstellar. Interstellar is really good. That's a good movie. That's I Cry Every Time. Again, that's a father and daughter story. I think a lot of people... Uh, confuse all these movies because oh, they release yeah. all They're these very... space movies at the same time. They came with Ad Astra, First Man, Martian, and, The Martian, Interstellar. What was that one with Julia Roberts? <laughs> Do you mean Sandra Bullock? Or Sandra Bullock, yeah. Gravity? Gravity. Gravity Where... with George Clooney. George Clooney would rather float. And the Star float. Trek movies, yeah. too. Yeah. Even, yeah. yeah. Card. George Clooney would rather float off into space than spend another minute with the woman with his own age. Yeah, yeah. They, they should have had George Clooney been in the Batman nipple suit oh, no. in Gravity. That would have <laughs> been epic. <laughs> That's funny. No, I totally conflate all those and get them confused oh. in my head. Massively, starting with 2001. Yeah. Oh, Space Odyssey. <laughs> space Odyssey. Yeah. That's funny. And we can't forget the all-time ultimate space movie. What? The Black Hole. Now, go watch it, you guys. The Black Hole. I thought you were going to talk about um, Spaceballs. No, not Spaceballs. um, Space Troopers or whatever it is. Oh, Star Troop, Starship Troopers? Yes, Starship Troopers. Ah, what Uh, is Star Wars spawn? I know, that's funny. Good times. Or Star Trek, I should say. Star Trek. Well, both of them, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to our humble little podcast. We thank you so much for joining us this week, and we hope that you will join us next week. Um, We really encourage you to join us at Facebook and Instagram, um, where you can find us at Conversation on Tap. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jesse, for joining us. Thank you, Cheers. Cheers. Joel. Oh, hold on. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, everyone. (laughs) Flip side. On the flip side. Yeah, I I lost my script. Sorry, everyone. (laughs)